by Samarja. Inside the 20, inside the 10. He's going in. Another day to score. Go, 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 go. You will be that driving force to motivate those coaches and those players to beat Southern Cal. The game of who's going to flinch first. We know that isn't going to be Notre Dame. Welcome to episode four of the Golden Domers Report. We are excited to be here. It is a beautiful day, and there is 114 days until Notre Dame hopefully kicks off in Dublin, Ireland against Navy. We have a lot of news to cover in the first few minutes, so let's just get right down to business. We'll start with Muffet McGraw's retirement. Now, this is kind of funny in a way. Because right after we got done recording this po- the other podcast last week, Muffet McGraw announced that she was retiring. I was so upset because we could have covered that to close out the show a few weeks ago. So that was kind of funny and upsetting at the same time. Also, we are going to miss Muffet McGraw 100%. She was, she was a very good coach for the program. She did a lot of things for the program and she turned the program around. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on Coach McGraw retiring? Yeah, absolutely. Muffet McGraw goes down as one of the greatest coaches in Notre Dame history, regardless of the sport. Mm-hmm. And I think it's awesome that they replaced her with Niall Ivey, who was um, under her. And I think that she's going to be a great fit there. But Muffet's legacy will continue to live on throughout Notre Dame. 100%. I, I, I trust in Coach Ivy. I, I believe that she will follow in Coach McGraw's footsteps. She, she, she's a very good coach. And another thing that happened in the, over the past few weeks, um, obviously Ireland announcing that they will be banning basically everything outside of the houses in Ireland until the end of August. So what does that mean for Notre Dame and Navy? Well, obviously, they're supposed to meet at the end of August. That's August 29th. And obviously, if they, the sports are banned, they can't play in Ireland. So the following Wednesday, Brian Kelly did a news conference or a press conference virtually. And he said that it is on as scheduled as of now. That was last Wednesday. But they are exploring other venues. Now... Does this mean that Navy finally hosts Notre Dame in Navy Stadium that holds about uh, 8,200, I believe? Now, Tuesday, Jack Shorebrick was on ESPN on an interview, and he said that it is on as scheduled. So they're, they're practicing, they're acting like they are going to play in Dublin, Ireland on August 29th. So... A lot of things are happening and a lot of talking. So, Dylan, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think there will be a game in Dublin, Ireland this year? It pains me to say this, but I highly doubt that they will be playing in Ireland. I mean, you look around the NFL, and they canceled all their London games this year and all international travel. So Mm -hmm. I think that they'll take that similar approach. It would be amazing to play the game in Ireland, especially against Navy, one of the Mm -hmm. teams we play all the time. and. It just, mm-hmm. I really want it to happen so bad, but I just, I don't see it happen, especially because August isn't that far away. Right. Yeah, I, it pains me to say it too, but I do not believe that there will be a game in Dublin this year, which is sad because I, I think every team, every fan base in the country was getting, looking forward to watching Notre Dame play Navy in, a, in another country. I mean, we haven't seen it since 2012, and... 
it's 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 a bummer. It really is. It was going to be get college game day first time overseas, and I believe that it will eventually happen. Maybe in two years when Notre Dame go well, and it's Navy's home quote home game. I think they'll go back to Dublin. Well, that's basically all the news we have. I mean, there's there's not really much to cover <laughs> since there's nothing yeah. happening around. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, we have a special guest with us today, phoning in. His name is Quentin Gilbert. He goes to Carroll High School, as does myself. And he's going to discuss some hot topics today. Quentin, go ahead. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm bored as you, as you all probably are. Yeah, definitely 100% bored. Um, Quentin, why don't you explain a little bit about yourself and what are you a fan of? Uh, football, basketball, baseball, NFL. Okay. Explain your reasoning there, Quentin. <laughs> Explain your reasoning there, Quentin, because I think me and Dylan both will disagree highly with you right there. Yeah. Okay. So, I believe that if Notre Dame joins the conference, they will get much more, um, they'll get much more, um, say from the college football playoff committee, and the extra game of a conference championship will tremendously help their resume and their shot at a national title. I also believe that it'll help their recruiting to play Ohio State every year if they join the Big Ten, or Clemson every year if they join the ACC. I get what you're saying 100% there. One thing I will point out is I don't think joining a conference, yes, it will boost the recruiting to get recruits, but because Notre Dame is a private Catholic school, you know, Notre Dame, we all know Notre Dame, the whole country knows Notre Dame, you know. You have to be so good academically. I, academics come first with Notre Dame, and I think a, athletics comes second. That's a definite. And I'm gonna let Dylan go ahead because I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna go write a book here. So Dylan, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of those talked about topics. This controversy from all not just Notre Dame fans but college football fans across the nation. And if if Notre Dame should join a conference. And the only conference I can see them joining, which they're obligated to, is through the ACC. That's their only conference they can do because they signed a deal in, I think, 2014 with ACC, with basketball and a bunch of other major sports. So the only one I can see them doing is the ACC. But you got to understand, they have that NBC TV deal that brings in $15 million a year. Right. And that is, that is a massive chunk to the university. Mm-hmm. And... Plus, them being independent allows them to make their own schedules to an extent to where they can put games on where they want, and it still gives them that competition, and we still get to play teams that we're used to seeing all the time. Right. So I I hear what you're saying about the extra conference championship. That would be massive to the committee, but I just feel like I, I don't think that they will change, and I lean to the side where I don't think that I want them to change. Right. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead, Quentin, before you can rebuttal that. Um, 
I have always loved Notre Dame without a conference, okay? Yes, a, th- a 13th game would be amazing for Notre Dame. And if you listen to Jack Schwarbrick, Quentin, I know you probably don't know this, but a few months ago, Jack Schwarbrick um, was at a press conference and he said he is trying to get permission from the NCAA to play a 13th game against maybe a Big Ten team. So, you know, Penn State, they're never in the Big Ten championship. We all know that. They always choke against Michigan and Ohio State. And maybe we could see Notre Dame and Penn State the 13th game every year, unless, you know, they get into the conference championship. Maybe we play some another Big Ten school or an ACC school. So Notre Dame could possibly get permission from the NCAA to play the 13th game. Now, Dylan mentioned the NBC contract that Notre Dame has that brings in $15 million a year. That we we Notre Dame would lose that if we were to join a conference because, you know, the ACC, they they have a ESPN, the Big 10, you know, the Big 10 network and Notre Dame would definitely lose that network. And another thing, Notre Dame would not be able to pick their schedule. And that is one thing that I have always loved is how we pick our schedule. And now, (laughs) it bugs me when people say Notre Dame doesn't play anybody. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. That's another hot topic we'll talk about today. But the freedom to pick our schedule, I love. Because Notre Dame gets to play teams every year like Navy, Stanford, USC. Um, I'm missing one rival. Um, Michigan State, we don't play them every year, but we play them every other year. Now, joining the Big Ten, yes, we get to play more big teams like Michigan every year. I'd love to play Michigan every year, 100%. That would be amazing. I wish it could go back to when we played Michigan every year. And I also liked the rivalry with Michigan State, you know. You know, Michigan State would win a few in a row, and then Notre Dame would come back, beat them up. It would go back and forth, and I loved that rivalry. And the Irish would also get to play Little Purdue, and we all know how I feel about Purdue. Um, (laughs) I believe the Irish would blow them out. But, as Dylan says, if the Irish were to join a conference, it would definitely be the ACC. So, that's my opinion on that. I am all 100% team not conference. Okay. So, like... The Big Ten is my fantasy, but I know that that's never going to happen. So my thing with the ACC is that it's only an eight-game schedule compared to the nine-game schedule of the Big Ten. And I believe that Notre Dame is such a special circumstance that maybe the ACC would let them keep their NBC deal. I, I think because of tradition, they will get some extra privileges compared to other teams joining a conference. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to see them join a conference. Yes, everyone wants other to see them. Everyone wants to see them join a conference, but what what's joining a conference going to do? I mean, yeah, it, we play in a conference, we get a shot at a conference title, but other than that, what to do? Because it, I don't think we get more respect from the committee because Notre Dame already plays one of the top schedules in the country year after year after year. And I don't think joining a conference would help that case anymore. Yes, we all... we takes money away from the program. Sorry to intervene. You're, you're good. You're good. Sorry, I'm going on and on. But I, I'm going to wrap it up here short. But 
Notre Dame, they play a very good schedule every year. Joining a conference, yeah, ACC, you know, they're they're having a down few years, you know. It's it's usually a one-team conference these past, what, three years. It's just Clemson dominating, you know. I mean, so I would love to join the ACC if we join a conference, but we'd lose the freedom to play a good schedule. In the a and if we were joining the ACC, that would not be as good a schedule as the Irish play now. Yeah, this, this think, about it, think about it right now. Everyone roasts Clemson because of their schedule. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, they don't have any big wins. Exactly. What good does that do to the Irish to join the ACC and play that same exact schedule when they've been embarrassed on the national stage a couple of times? Exactly. I could say multiple times. Yeah. But, and then, I mean, you're playing that ACC schedule, which is weak. Right. And it, it takes away from the games that you have this year with Wisconsin, um, even Clemson and USC. Stanford. I mean, they, they play the teams that they're used to playing. Mm -hmm. And they bring in teams that are really solid programs. And that's that's why I enjoy it. Yes, I, I agree. Well, the ACC... Go for it. No, I'm just saying I agree. Go ahead, Quentin. Well, the ACC definitely has gone through some down years. But, like, that's because their traditional football schools are kind of struggling right now. Miami, Florida State. I believe in a couple of years, those programs will maybe build again. And the ACC will be a power like it was maybe... Not that long ago, remember, remember in 2017 when everybody said the U is back. That was that was hilarious. Oh, I, I, I I can't stand him either. I mean, back to 88, 91 when Notre Dame and Miami were the powerhouses of college football. They go back and forth. Can't stand I I can't stand Jimmy Johnson and I can't stand Manny Diaz. Never liked Miami, never will. But that that's an issue argument for another day when we talk about Notre Dame rivals. Um. Our next topic we're going to get into, and I believe Quentin has some very hot topics, Notre Dame's schedule and how it affects them. So why can't Notre Dame win the big, big games, and do you think our schedule is tough enough? So two questions, basically. Go ahead, Quentin. I believe that Notre Dame's schedule is tough enough because, as you see, they throw in some great games every year. Mm -hmm. you got the traditions, and then this year you've also got Wisconsin and Clemson. I think that's... Uh, definitely a good enough schedule that Clemson made it. Clemson didn't play half that last year and they made it to the national championship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just believe for no game, and I'll come back to the conferences for me, I just think you need a 13th game to get the respect. A 13th game would help Notre Dame's schedule? Well, in the, in the, in the playoff committee's eyes, yes. Hmm. I agree with Clinton there. I think that it does help. Mm -hmm. The 13th game. Because the committee always slacks Notre Dame because they always have that week off when everyone else is battling for a championship. Well, 100%. The committee... The committee look, we all know it. I, I believe it. The NCAA is always against Notre Dame. And I'm not one of those fans, oh, they're against us because we're Notre Dame. No, no, no. I see it how it is. And if I wasn't a Notre Dame fan, I would see it too. Quentin, I know you see it. The committee... Everybody, even when it was the BCS, everybody slacked on Notre Dame. All right, that's just that's facts. That's 100% facts. We saw it in 2019, last season. Notre Dame had two losses. Okay, Georgia, one uh, one possession loss, six points, and then we noted the Irish get blown out against Michigan, 45 to 14. All right, that was a bad loss. Okay, so. 
They finish 10 and 2. They finish 15th and they get into the Camping World Bowl. I mean, and then there's Michigan in a bit ahead of us in the Citrus Bowl. I, I just don't understand. Yes, Michigan beat us, but Michigan had three losses. Notre Dame had two, and we and the Irish finished 15th in the Camping World Bowl. Once again, that comes back to my other argument. When you're in a conference, you get bowl affiliations. Okay, that's, true. that's a good point. That is 100% a good point. I, I agree with that. You know, that would be a good um, point to join a conference. We get the bowl accommodations with it. But again, we lose the scheduling. And that's what I want to talk about. And then I'll let Dylan talk. Um, Notre Dame's schedule over, since about 2014, that's when the Irish's schedule really took off. Because, you know... Notre Dame in 2012, yes, they played a monster schedule, and they dominated everybody in their path. 2012, that's my favorite all-time Notre Dame team, except, you know, what happened at the end. Um, <laughs> and then 2013, the Irish, that was a catastrophe. Um, we, the Irish didn't play many big teams, and when, we, then, when they did, they lost. So then 2014 is, you know... The Irish started off, what, 6-0, and then went to Tallahassee, played the number two team in the country, and then lost on a terrible call. So, yeah, yeah and so, so 2014 on, the Irish upped their schedule and started getting more national recognition. And that is what I want to talk to Quentin about. Why can't? Why does it seem Notre Dame can't win the big game? Because year after year... Notre Dame fails, just like 2014, they lost to Florida State, 2015, lost to Clemson, and then got blown out in the Fiesta Bowl to Ohio State, and I could go on, 2016, 17, Miami, Stanford. This hurts. Yeah, I know it hurts, but, but we, but we got to talk about it, Dylan, we got to talk we about do, it. We do, <laughs> But yeah, they, they can't win the big game. We, last year... What were their quality wins? Navy and USC, two teams that like floated around the bubble of being ranked and unranked every week. That's nothing. Notre Dame was obviously ten times better than those two schools. And the teams that were like their competition level or maybe a little better or a little worse, Michigan and Georgia, mm -hmm. they they got well, Georgia didn't blow them out, but they got beat pretty handily. And if I'm against a good team, correct me, because I can forget very easily. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> Go ahead, Dylan. You haven't talked in a while. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the way that I see, the way that they can't win the big game, I, I see that they don't win the big game. It comes down to two reasons. One, pains me to say it, but it's on Brian Kelly. Or two, all these schools that have the same so-called competition level have these five-star athletes all over their program. And they bring them in. When Notre Dame is so tough academically that it makes it hard for them to compete because they don't have five-star backups. So if they get, if they have a guy that like pulls a hamstring, then they're stuck with putting in a guy that's replacing them that isn't a five-star recruit sitting right behind them. Right. That's been my argument for years on why Notre Dame came with the big game. Now, Quentin, you did miss a few uh, teams last year. We noted the Irish played last year. Um, Virginia, I mean, they came in to Notre Dame Stadium, and they had a lead, 17-14 to 14 at the end of the first half. 
Notre Dame beat them 35-20. to Virginia, they were in the ACC championship, I believe, weren't they? Yeah, that's not much of a, yeah. not much of a um, statement, though. Yeah, exactly. We were ah. talking about the ACC earlier. That- Virginia and Virginia Tech, who they played last year, weren't they also, like, floating around the, bu- the bubble being ranked and unranked, though? Vir- that's the same level that I said with, like, Navy and um, USC. I will admit, Notre Dame's schedule last season, as I'm looking at it right now, this has been the worst schedule the Irish have played since 2013. I will admit that. I mean, the Irish, if obviously the rankings are updated to the end of the year, so it doesn't matter what they were ranked when, we, when the Irish played them. Uh, Louisville, they were unranked all year. New Mexico, and then Georgia, they finished fifth. Virginia, they finished 24th. And then Bowling Green... Did they even win a game? <laughs> and then, and then USC. Nobody they, knows. Yeah. And then, and then twenty twenty second ranked USC, and then fourteenth ranked Michigan, Virginia Tech unranked, Duke unranked, Navy finished twenty third, Boston College unranked, Stanford unranked, Iowa State unranked. So, a lot of teams that were very mediocre last season that the Irish played. And I will admit, Notre Dame's schedule was pretty bad last year. And it showed, because when we the Irish played a real team, they got beat. They played a lot of teams that are usually good, and they got unfortunate with almost all those teams having down years. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, USC, USC, a couple of years ago, they were doing great with Sam Donald. Mm-hmm. And then, what is... What else? There's Stanford, usually very good. They've struggled. Yeah. For, yeah, that's the thing about the Tech even sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan. What were you going to say? Yeah. That's the things with these schedules, though. They schedule them, like, so far out. Right. That you have no idea what their competition is going to be that year. Right. So, I mean, they tried to make it a competitive schedule, but like Quentin said, they all had down years at the same time. Right. Right. Now... One thing I do want to talk about, and I want to say I didn't answer why Notre Dame can't win the big game. Um, well, I'm just going to, this is going to hurt me, all right? I'm going to go through it, almost every game that the Irish have lost in the big, big game. We'll start with the 2019 season. I mean, Dylan, yes, we are Notre Dame fans, but... This is something we have to talk about to our fans who listen to the podcast and who are Notre Dame fans because it's reality, and that's the one thing we want to see on this show is reality. We're not these biased. We're not these biased Notre Dame fans who think Notre Dame's winning the national championship every year. This is our year. No, we're gonna we're, we're gonna win the national championship earlier today. We're gonna we're going to keep it real on this show. We'll start backwards, so let's go to the Michigan game. October 26, 2019, Notre Dame is 6-0, halfway through the year. We're, the Ar- no, my bad, 5-1. We're, the Irish are doing great. I mean, only loss to Georgia. Our schedule looks great right now. I mean, we're dominating the teams we should, and we're beating the teams that are kind of good, but, you know, they're floaters, like Quentin said, like... Leading up to the Michigan game, the only teams the Irish played were Virginia, Georgia, and USC. All right, so the Irish, we've talked about this before, go to Michigan and get destroyed, all right? The play calling in that game was 
awful. It seemed like every play was either a run left to Tony Jones Jr. or a turnover. I mean, that that is 100% on Chip Long. I do not agree that Kel, Kel, Brian Kelly should have definitely stepped in and called some plays. But Chip Long, that was that was his worst game as offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. And then we go, we'll move to Georgia. So that's the third game of the year. Um, this this one hurt because the Irish had such a great chance to win that, and I do believe that this one is on Brian Kelly for not getting his guys prepared enough, and he even admitted that after the game. So that one is a hundred percent on Brian Kelly. We'll go to 2018. The only bad loss that Notre Dame had that year was against Clemson, who I don't even say that's a bad loss if we're being honest, because they went to they played the number one team in the country, Clemson went to play the number one team in the country in the national championship and what? Beat them Dylan was it by thirty? Yeah, they embarrassed Yeah um, Alabama. Right, and if I'm not correct, if I'm correct, this that was Nick Saban's worst loss of his career. So yeah. Or his Alabama career, because he got his butt kicked at Michigan State when he was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, again, Miami. yeah, so we'll move to 2017, because 2018, that was that was an amazing year, except Clemson. 2017, man, I, I did not expect Notre Dame to be as good as they were. I mean, Brandon Wimbush <laughs> coming into the year, who's that guy, you know? <laughs> and then... He shows up against Temple, so the Irish are 1-0. And then the following week, Georgia takes over Notre Dame Stadium and walks out with a win, 20-19. I mean, that that hurt because, we they, once again, the Irish had such a great chance. So that I do, I do not see that both times against Georgia, I do not see those two losses as a bad loss in Notre Dame. Yes, it's another big game that Notre Dame lost. but And then we'll move down to Miami. So this, this one is my least favorite game that I have witnessed in Notre Dame since I've been alive. I agree. I mean, the Irish got destroyed. What, they were down 34 to nothing at one point in the third quarter, and it was it was bad. It seemed the Irish just could not catch a break. I, in fact, I was watching the game the other night. I told Quentin I was watching it. I sent him a picture. I just with you know the emoji with the hand over the face when it was forty-one to eight, and I was just ah man. The Irish did not show up. The atmosphere was electric in Miami, and that's just a game that I wish the Irish could have back because. I think Ian Book should have definitely gotten the start because if you didn't know, Brandon Wimbush was hurt. Remember, he wore that glove and mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right, and then Stanford in 2017. This is uh, this game upsets me. The, the Irish were in it the whole game, and then in the fourth quarter, I think it was 24 to 20. Stanford was in the lead, and Stanford just starts taking over, and the Irish once again collapse. This was a huge game for Notre Dame because 
if the Irish were to win that game, they could have been looking at a New Year's Six Bowl. But the Irish lose 38-20, to and then they win their bowl game against LSU. Now, 2016, and this is where I'll wrap it up, this uh, thing, because I already mentioned the 2015 year, our two, the Irish's two losses. So this is where I'll wrap it up and move on to our final topic of the day with Quentin and me and Dylan. We'll talk about some stuff to wrap up the show. And before I do this, I want to thank all of our fans who have tuned in to the Golden Domers Report. Uh, I know Dylan's thankful, and I am 100% thankful for all of our fans who have tuned into the show. We really appreciate it. We really do. <laughs> all right, so the big the, the big game, it was a Monday night. I remember this game. Ugh, Texas, 20, this is 2016 year. The Irish were 4-8, all right? We're, we're not even going to deny it, all right? The Irish sucked this year. So, two overtimes, Notre Dame loses another big game, 50-47. to 47. I mean, I knew we were going to lose this game when the Irish were playing two quarterbacks. I yeah, mean, the wishy-washy, right. Zaire, and then... Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Kaiser would get on a roll and score two touchdowns in a row, and then Kelly would put Ian Book. I mean, not Ian Book, Malik Zaire back in. <laughs> Malik Zaire back in. So... That I look, I love Brian Kelly. I think he's a top three coach in the country. He's definitely my favorite in the country. I respect him. I look up to him, and he's a great coach, one of the best in Notre Dame history, as we mentioned before in another episode. And then Michigan State comes to Notre Dame Stadium. So Notre Dame, you know, they're one and one. They're not bad, but they're certainly not good. I mean, they're still ranked in the top fifteen. And Michigan State beats them 36-28. to I remember Notre Dame was down what? I think it was, I don't know, they were down 23, I think, at one point. And they came back, and they just couldn't pull it off. That, that seemed to be the case for every loss that year. And then Duke, that wasn't a big game for Notre Dame, but it sure was a big game. Yeah. Um, they lost 38-35. to 35. Uh, I'm just going to go through every loss Notre Dame had in 2016. They were in every single loss, okay? Syracuse, they beat in MetLife Stadium. That was the day I had my surgery. It was 50-33. to 33. I remember watching that after I woke up. I was on anesthesia. What's the Notre Dame score? <laughs> and then the Irish go to NC State in Hurricane Matthew on a game that should have been postponed or just canceled. That was a monsoon. Exactly. I mean, players were slipping. They were falling. I, I don't know how the NCAA did not cancel that game. Clemson didn't have to play that day. I remember the Clemson game being canceled. Uh-huh. And then Stanford comes into Notre Dame Stadium. This is when Christian McCaffrey, man, this kid was a monster. I think he was, man, he, he tore us up. He had all two of Stanford's touchdowns. And once again, Notre Dame loses 17-10. to 10. So, He still can't be stopped. Yeah, he is a monster. I love watching him play in the NFL. And then Miami comes to Notre Dame. And this is a game that I love bringing up to Miami fans because, you know, they want to – talk about 41 to 8 41 to 8 okay Miami came in with a winning record Notre Dame came in this game went with a losing record and Notre Dame beat them 30 to 27 
So Miami just lost to, I think at the time was like a, a three and something team. So yeah. Miami, like, what are you doing? Like 41 to eight. Okay. You lost to a three and eight team. And then Navy, this one hurts the most. Jacksonville, the game started at 11 a.m. I remember that. And Notre Dame loses 28 to 27. So there's another loss within one possession. And then Notre Dame in the Shamrock series plays Army. Come on, I mean, it's Army. Of course, 44 to 6. I mean, and then we senior day, Florida State. How are you going to lose on senior day? I mean, 34 to 31. There's another one possession game. And then USC game. The Irish were in it. And then USC just took over 45 to 27. So there is the games that Notre Dame just hasn't seemed to win. And I already mentioned it. Part of it's Brian Kelly. But also part of it is, like Dylan said, and... I agree 100% with Dylan. Notre Dame does not have the talent that other schools like Georgia and Alabama will get. I'm not throwing shade at Georgia-Alabama. Look, I respect Nick Saban. He's my second favorite coach. I love him. But Alabama does not care about academics at all. You can throw the football, they're going to get you, all right? I mean... If you can run the ball, they're going to they're gonna get you on their squad, both Georgia and Alabama. Now, Kirby Smart, I believe that he pays his players 100%. We'll save that for another episode. I, I have Me and Dylan have something in the works for another episode that I think is going to be some hot topics. I think we're going to bring Quentin back on for that one because I'd like to hear what he has to say about that. Well, I do think I do think Notre Dame does have the talent to compete with them, but they do not have the depth. That's where they get beat. Is if they have a guy go down, they don't have the depth that can go in there and just perform. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Level, if not higher. I agree. But obviously, they don't have the talent. I mean, last I mean, 2012, they just didn't have the talent to beat Alabama. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. You know, those two were two completely different levels of yeah. teams. Playing I, I remember my grandpa coming back from the trip he took down there. One, he said the stadium was absolutely terrible, like uh, Miami Hard Rock Stadium. Thank goodness they redid it, but he said that stadium was the worst stadium he's ever been in. And he said that when Alabama came out of that tunnel, he knew that Notre Dame was about to get blown out because Alabama just looked big. I mean, that whole offense, I think, went in the NFL draft somehow, like some round, I believe. I mean, yeah, was that Mark Ingram? Was he on that team? I believe so. And then Eddie Lacy, McCarron. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amari Cooper, correct? Um, yeah, that for the next year. Was he there that year? If I think he, he was. He was drafted in either 14 or 15. If, if he was, he didn't he do... He would have been young. If he was yeah. on that team, he didn't do much because that was the Eddie Lacy show for Alabama. <laughs> they had Ha Ha Clinton Diggs. Oh, TJ yeah. Yeldon. Mm-hmm. Flashbacks. Ah, all right. We'll move on to our last topic of the day with Quentin, and then me and Dylan will discuss some topics. Um, Quentin, one more question for you, man. Um, or actually, I'm gonna end on a joke with you. Um, so two more. 
Quentin, what does this season mean for Notre Dame? Because this is a big season for Brian Kelly. This is a big season for Notre Dame football. Well, they've got they've got the opponents this year, so they've got to perform. Mm-hmm. And I feel if Brian Kelly underperforms again, it might be time for a different direction. Because um, if he can't, kind of like Harbaugh in Michigan, they need to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. I I think both this is a huge season for Michigan and Notre Dame. Probably they probably have the most consequences for this season of the whole country. I I'll somewhat agree. This is a huge season for Notre Dame and of course it's a huge season for Michigan, but I think another another bigger two bigger opponents that um have a bigger need to have a big season is David Shaw and Stanford. Um, I love David Shaw. I've always respected him. But the direction Stanford's going is not looking too good. And I think if Stanford doesn't get their stuff together, he's gone. And and then USC, they should have fired that guy this year. I don't know what the deal was. They fired him, and then he was back the, like a week later. So two big seasons USC for them. It has to be one of the most confusing programs in the country the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't stand him. So, Dylan, what does this season mean for Notre Dame? I think Quentin touched on it pretty well. I honestly agree with him when it comes to Brian Kelly. If, mm-hmm. if they do not perform, or at least show somewhat, like if they don't compete in Clemson, against Clemson or Wisconsin, like if they get their teeth kicked in by 20, I think he's out of here. Mm-hmm. I will say that Brian Kelly is not going anywhere anytime soon despite the outcome of this. Now, okay, that let me rephrase that. Obviously, I expect Notre Dame to go um 10 and 2 or 9 and 3 this year. We could the Irish could get upset and I hate to say that, but Brian if they do that, Brian Kelly even an 8 and 5 year, I don't think Brian Kelly's going anywhere. 8 and 5 and below Okay, I think then it's time to let Brian Kelly maybe for Jack Schwarbrick to explore other options. Now Brian Kelly's only had one like below eight and five season in 2016. I don't expect that to happen anytime soon. I mean, so I think Brian Kelly's in it for the long run. Now I'm actually gonna surprise Quentin with a question. We've all touched base on the other questions. So, Quentin, do you think Notre Dame will win a national championship in the next four years? Um, unfortunately, I think no. I'd actually, I'd really like to see that because I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but like being here in Indiana, I know a ton of Notre Dame fans. I like to see them succeed, but I just don't see it happening. They're not. They haven't evolved, you could say, as much as some SEC teams or Ohio State or Clemson. I just don't think they're on the same level. Now, I don't know. You probably don't know this, but obviously me and Dylan do. The Notre Dame 2020 recruiting class is number 10 in the country. And Absolutely insane. I love. we. The Irish have that nice, I forget his name, the quarterback that's coming, five stars. Tyler Butchner. Yes, 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 yes. I cannot wait to see this kid play. So, 
to answer the question that I asked, I think Notre Dame wins the national championship in 2020, the 2021-2022 season. That is my personal opinion, non-biased, from the stats. I've looked at recruits. I've looked, done my research on this. I believe Notre Dame has the talent and, yes, Dylan, the depth to win the national championship. I think, I think that they will appear in a national championship in the next five years. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I, 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 don't, I don't know if they'll win, but I know that they, I have a great feeling they'll appear. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to state my hot take, as they say. On. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up with Quentin. Quentin, thanks for being here. You'll definitely be in the next episode because we got some stuff to cover, and I really want to hear your thoughts on this. So, Quentin, thank you for being here. Have a nice day. Thank you. All right, Dylan. Well, one thing I wanted to discuss with you today, one thing, one more thing we'll wrap up the show with. Should the college football playoff expand? Should it expand? Yes, like, you know. Six teams? Yes. Or something like that? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all in favor for that. That mm-hmm. would be amazing. Right. It gives more teams a shot. You can really feel out the competition. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there are times Georgia has gotten the short end of the stick when it came to the last few years. Because they play amazing all year. For sure. And they'd even play Alabama close in the SEC championship game. And then... Mm-hmm. Oh, because they lost by like three, we're not going to put them in. For sure. And that's where I feel like if we had a six team, Georgia was in the playoff the last two years, 100%. Mm-hmm. Right. And they could have had their chance of revenge against Alabama. Right. And I just think it makes it a lot more entertaining from a fan standpoint, and it makes it a lot more entertaining from a football standpoint. Right. And I, I 100% agree. Now, what I think, and I've thought this since the first year after the college football playoff, right? You know, twenty the twenty fourteen fifteen season, I loved it. Not for Notre Dame, of course, but for college football. You had Alabama, number one in the country, versus number four, Ohio State. That was the second game of the day, and then the first one was Oregon and Florida State. When Oregon absolutely beat the brakes off of Florida State and Jameis Winston. Yeah. And then Ohio State pulls off the upset. All right, that was that is that was my all time favorite college football playoff, and. So after that, 2015, you know, Clemson and Alabama, I thought, okay, something needs to change, all right? We, we need to have a 16-team playoff. And that got me thinking today when I was writing up my notes and preparing for the show. Yes, during school. Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> Notre Dame would have been in a lot more college football playoffs because if, the, if we had a 16-team playoff. 2015, I mean, that was a great season. Yes, we the Irish lost, what, two games? Three games. Two, three games. And they finished in a New Year's Six Bowl. They were, I think the Irish were ranked like 10th in the country. They would have been in the playoff. 2016, no, 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 no. 2017, yes, I believe the Irish would have been in because they finished, I think, 12th in the country. 2018, the Irish were already in. 2019, 15th in the country, they, they would have been in. Now they would have played, who was the 2C last year? Was it Clemson? Was it Clemson or Ohio uh, State last year? I think it was Ohio State. They jumped them because of the schedule. Clemson right. killed the three. People were mad about right. that. Right, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yes, I I think it's time for the college football playoff to expand to 16 teams. Or even eight teams. I mean, I'd be fine with eight teams. I mean, something needs to change because four teams... I don't think they should go to 16. That'd be a lot of games to play. Yeah. I think anywhere from six to eight, maybe. Either six or eight would probably be the sweet spot. Yeah, I'd be fine with eight, but something definitely needs to change because I feel like some teams are getting the short end of the stick, like you said. Um with just four teams in. I mean, like, it, it reminds me of the BCS era, you know, like one versus two, you know. Teams are getting the short end of the stick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's all we have today, Irish fans, and we hope you are all staying safe through this pandemic, and God bless you, and I hope you guys have a great day, and stay safe out there, and hopefully this is all going to come to an end soon, and we can get life, back to normal because being honest i miss life you know i miss watching this around this time i'd be getting ready for spring football going to see notre dame's practices on my days off of school and yeah and then baseball i miss baseball i do so yeah the cubs would have been pounding the cardinals and owning the series by 10 10 games to nothing already <laughs> i had to say that i always have to get the last word don't you all right guys well feel free to comment and dm landon trailer or dylan kearns or comment on our youtube videos or facebook posts if you would like to be on the show or ask questions to us we'd be more than happy to answer them on the show more than happy to answer them we actually want that that's why i brought quentin on today so we could have more of a diversity because you know obviously i know fans might be getting a little annoyed when it's just me and dylan talking about notre dame yes it's fun i love it i know a lot of people do like it but let's get some more diversity in there you know what i want to talk to a michigan fan a reasonable michigan fan all right yeah yeah that's what i want we're on the lookout all right guys as always love the notre dame have a good day guys by Samarja, inside the 20, inside the 10, he's going in, Notre Dame has scored! Go, 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 go! You will be that driving force to motivate those coaches and those players to beat Southern Cal! It's a game of who's going to flinch first, we know that isn't going to be Notre Dame.